Hang on, let me just open my water first. There we go. Oh, Sunny P. Sunny P. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why that went into never ending story. If San Pellegrino want to sponsor, not a podcast, me as a person, that would be great. Welcome to Dating My Mates, the podcast with me, Katrina E. Lawrence, a podcast where I fire my arsenal of questions, usually reserved for poor, unwitting dates, at one of my mates. And this week, I've got Ella. Hello, Ella. Hello, darling. Hello, How gorgeous. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Just chilling, uh, like a villain. Just... <laughs> No, I'm I'm good. I've had a nice relaxed weekend. My children are at their grannies and I'm just excited to do this, excited to to talk to you. Nice. Excited to take the parent hat off and put the, the hoe hat on. Yeah, put, yeah, that that's basically my weekend. Well, they were pre-COVID <laughs> anyway. That was always just hoes in the house all weekend, <laughs> but not before Monday to Friday. Wholesome versus wholesome. Wholesome. Nice. I like it. Um, I've already mentioned my kids are right at the top. I've just already thrown out. Well, I'd imagine they're quite important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I, I quite like them. I'm That's fond. good. What, um, what's been the highlight and the low light of your day thus far? Mm, I like this question. Okay, so the highlight. No, you know what? I'll start with the low light. The <laughs> low light um, has been definitely trying to write my essay. I've been, mm. I've got this essay to do for college. I'm studying to be a psychotherapist and yeah. I've got my first essay to write and it's 3000 words, which isn't like that bad, mm. but I'm in that part of it where I'm like, it's the last 500 words and it's just, oh, it's a slog. And I keep going like wildly between, this is the best fucking thing anyone's ever written. I'm an yeah. undiscovered genius. Oh my God, wait till they get a load of me. Yeah. And this is trash. I'm yeah. trash. Yeah. This is the shittest thing. Oh my God, I might as well just go put myself in the bin, which I think sums my personality up quite well, actually. Sums you up very well and also sums up writing. That's oh. just any writing is, uh, yeah, sure. I am... I am the next Shakespeare versus I'm going to <laughs> delete every single fucking word that I've just written. It's torturous, isn't it? The highlight is uh, definitely being here with you today. Oh, I've been excited about this all afternoon. And um, I went for a nice walk in the sunshine. That was pretty good. Listen to my audio book, which is on, uh, which is on addiction and psychology and um it's uh all, all the, the light-hearted things that you light- want on a, on a nice jolly walk yeah you don't want to be just walking along listening to something fun you just want to get really oh, no. deep deep into your psyche once yeah. you've like gotten away from your essay um it's uh in the realm of the hungry ghosts which i think every i uh, actually got a free copy of that when i went to see gabble mate really? speak yeah did you did you meet him, Doctor? Little Miss Story Topper. I did. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god! The highlight of the really whole cool. thing was um, this man just started shouting, like really fucking. So the whole thing is recorded on YouTube, and then at the end they've cut out. This man just starts shouting, and you can't figure out what he's saying, but it's really weird. Like I think there was something 
not okay with him but I was also like how have you sat there this quietly for the whole thing and then and then another part of Gabo Mate fell over on stage <laughs> so like this is really in-depth interesting thing about how stress affects your body physically and mm. all the, and all I remember is Gabo Mate falling over <laughs> and a man going a little bit mad at the back at one point what the brain remembers, what we really absorb in exactly. these moments. We yeah. go to better ourselves at these things and then we just think, oh, funny man, fellow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, good book, good book. Great book. Um, what do you look for in someone, Ella? Okay, yeah, so in the past, for sure, um, my, my go-to, my drug of choice when it came to partners was narcissistic, slightly sociopathic musician with shitty tattoos and a drug habit <laughs> you liked kind of over the hill musicians who had nearly made it and then yeah. gone awry the yeah. ones that saw the glimmer of glory in the horizon and then just fell at the final hurdle and are now so bitter about it and they're taking all their bitterness out on me and or you know also see failed models that was another one that I did for a while there um also with drug habits and it's just like I look back on it now because that's quite far in the past Mm. for me I was drawn to their confidence to to their exuberance Mm. to their kind of level of self-assurance that I never felt that I had for myself and by somehow being um reflected back at me like my reflection back at me from their eyes was was where I got myself up you know so do you think almost by osmosis you thought you would attain that or do you do you mm. feel like you mean if you were on the arm of someone fit you'd feel fitter if you were on the arm of someone confident you'd feel more confident all of the above mm. I I remember just wanting to feel like one of the cool kids when I was growing up like all the time and I never was because I was a weird nerdy little shy girl with mm. like you know an awkward accent I was too posh for the, the sort of slightly rougher girls at my school I was too rough for the posh what's girls. the um what's the most outwardly nerdy thing that you ever did at school Oh, God. Did you carry a briefcase? I did not. I wasn't like <laughs> Simon. Is it Simon from the Inbetweeners? Um, um, Will. Quite that. Will, sorry, it's Simon. His Will. real name's Simon. His real name's Simon, isn't it? Um, I wasn't quite at the level of carrying a briefcase. I did decorate the inside of my locker with pictures of um, Brian Molko from Placebo and Eddie Izzard and lots of like queer icons before I really knew what a queer icon was and I I think one of my most standout memories was getting into an argument with my entire year group about the gay kiss that had been on EastEnders the night before really yeah and because I was raised in quite a like liberal left-leaning hippie household, I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I remember being in a circle of girls um, mm. who were just, they were like going for blood at me. And that wasn't so nerdy, but it was not, it was like a hill I died on, but it completely like socially 
I was the same. I was the same as you. Like I was brought up as a proper fucking hippie. Mm. And that thing of being too many steps ahead of the cool thing. So Mm. I remember having a sooty lunchbox, right? And I was really young. And I remember Mm. cutting out a picture of the Fugees and sticking them onto my lunchbox. Now, that's quite a fucking cool thing for like a seven-year-old to be doing. (laughs) I don't know how old I was. Super cool. But But everyone at school's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then also on the, on the hippie thing, I remember, oh God, I really didn't help myself. So for ages, mm. I was the only person that didn't believe in God. And I was the only person who was a vegetarian. So I moved from Manchester to this tiny little place in the middle of Derbyshire. And everyone was just like, what the fuck? And even though I knew it was like really hindering my social chances, I would die on so many hills. I remember being like... I'm a Buddhist and then like going and sitting cross-legged like in the middle of the the field at break time just by myself and then going home and crying about being bullied it's like girl you knew what you were fucking doing and then another time I went into assembly oh my god so I went and I forced an audition upon a teacher I was like miss I'd really like to perform something at, at assembly right and um they were like right okay cool and uh I said, um, yeah, I've got this Native American chant that my dad <laughs> taught me. And it was like, hey, and ho, and hey, and yan. The <laughs> earth is our mother. We must take care of her. And I tried to get people to sing it with me, but no one would sing it with me because it was at fucking junior school. And everyone was like, who is this fucking Fruit Loop? And oh I stood up in front of the whole... And I also remember I got into the choir... And uh, I remember this girl once came up to me. She's like, why, why does your mouth move like that? I wasn't <laughs> singing. I was miming like all the best people I'd seen on Top of the Pops. And I'd just mm-hmm. like make my like chin wobble like Mariah Carey when I was singing. <laughs> so yeah, I really didn't help. I'm, all, I'm with you on that one. Mm, it's, it's, I think, I don't know. I've spoken to a lot of people in recovery as I am. And it is something that seems to be quite prevalent, that feeling of never fitting in anywhere, like not being cool enough for the cool kids, but not quite being, Mm -hmm. I was never academically good enough to be in the real nerdy kids group. So even they rejected me because they were like, you don't know enough about trigonometry, get out of here. And then I just ended up having this like one really close friend who also loved like, placebo and skunk and antsy and um we just go to Camden on the weekends and they called us the angry lesbians and this was before we even realized that we were both bisexual but like it was just so I guess it was it was bullying but it was kind of that weird insidious bullying that never really gets spoken about you know Mm. and caused me to just have a great big problem with who I was as a person right up until my like mid 30s I think yeah Yeah. and I think that way of bringing yourself up and also being brought up is Mm. you know you either go to just complete social recluse and you have a couple people that are really close Mm. to you or you know Mm. how to navigate in between groups and you can manipulate situations that I remember I had different groups of friends and I was with some really popular kids outside of school Mm. and then when 
I moved up to school I was in year seven they were in year nine so suddenly I was I had that cool outlet there and also I started smoking weed when I was 11 started smoking fags when I was 12 so then I knew how to like talk about sex and smoke cigarettes with like the really scary well we called them townies when we were at my school like that was your subgroups were like who you were but I very much kind of yeah I just like weed in and out of them really but I never felt completely at one at home in myself it was always um yeah it was always like a front it was always trying to be the cool kid in whatever so you looked for very damaged people (laughs) who needed fixing but were very very cool in your mind at least so a rescue and relief codependent which is what I am Mm. meets a broken narcissist and it's just a recipe for like disaster and we both get something from it that's the worst thing about those Mm. sort of symbiotic relationships is that each party is actually gaining from it until, of course, the wheels fall off eventually, which they always do. Um, But now, um, just money, just just money. That's that's all I look for in a person. Money and a big dick. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to say that as Ella's sat here saying that, what does your top say? as feminist as fuck (laughs) yeah (laughs) no get that money babe get that money yeah um I'm of course joking I actually am not dating romantically anymore so which makes me the perfect person to come on your podcast really doesn't it um but I have given up romantic dating as when you say you've given up romantic dating have you given up dating or just romantic dating I've given up what I see to be the idea of love and I've talked about this with a friend of mine recently who's going through something similar and so what what we feel is like and I am going to go on a bit of a feminist rant here is that we've been lied to by the patriarchy our entire lives (laughs) and told that we are nothing if we are not with somebody and you know we've got to follow that very set plan of like find the man have the marriage and the kids and the house and the settle down and da 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 Mm. and I did a bit of that in my 20s and I did have the kids and then realized I was in completely the wrong relationship and Mm. had to kind of extricate myself out of that so I just feel like Uh, women are told from a very young age that unless we are um, aspiring to be part of this kind of what society deems to be the right path and Mm. to find the romance and find the one and settle down and have the Mm. kids somehow failed and if we step outside of that box we're somehow weird social pariahs again Mm. and are always spinsters you know and I think women are talking about this more now than they used to and I guess men as well and of people Mm. of all genders are talking about this idea that you know less people are getting married than used to be and um I just don't feel that I want to having spent so long thinking I've got to find the one I've got to find the one and making it like my life's purpose Mm. and making all my decisions based around that and feeling so broken inside and so unhappy with myself as a, as a person alone, because I couldn't be alone because I was so codependent. Mm. I've now come to a place in my life where I'm so comfortable with who I am that I don't need anybody else. And I have an abundance of love in my life from my children and mm. my and my friends and my family and from myself. And just this idea of, of scrabbling and scraping and this, this, 
this idea of scarcity that you know there's not enough people yeah. to go around and you've got to get out there and get back on the dating app mm. and quick 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 because someone else is going to take him mm. it's bullshit mm. it's bullshit mm. and um you know the the concept of dying alone it's like well so what you know it used to be the most terrifying thing in the world and I've come through the other side of it now and I can see that it is something I do believe that society needs to maybe change their attitudes towards but but I think what's important to say is you know you come from an extreme mm. and it is an extreme that a lot of us find ourselves in whether we've been brought up that way or you know however people kind of think that it's come about and you are doing what a lot of people who are extreme personalities like you and I are in the way that we're both in recovery and you know we have that understanding of ourselves and I have to go from one extreme to the other to then find my middle ground and I think that for me I you know I to an extent see that you know we've we've for the past you know couple hundred years we've been raised in in very kind of binary ways and I understand that and I think that the fact that we're bringing about the conversation of choice and also to be content with yourself before you then go into a relationship I think that's all super positive and it is that thing of you know people enter into happy relationships when they are genuinely cool being by themselves like that's when the magic stuff happens I think for me personally I see thousands if not millions of years of human beings and before any of that stuff came into play Mm. I see that there was strength in uh, community and the union of two people whatever those two people looked like and I think that there are things within a lot of us that are kind of ancient like mm. I hit 30 and my body was craving a baby mm. like craving that baby mm. and I feel you know I can feel myself as I get older really kind of wanting that union with someone else however the modern understanding and thinking and awareness that you're talking about, I have to bring that in because Mm. I could go and find myself someone to have a baby with now. Is that going to then set my life off track and I'm going to lose focus for who I am? Yes. That's why I'm not doing it. Do I know that actually I would prefer to be single for 10 years and then find someone that I'm probably going to be with for 20 plus years Mm. instead of dicking around and going for all these fuck boys? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm doing the active, making the positive changes that you're talking about and I think it's all about choice if someone wants to be a mum from the age of 25 and that's all they've ever wanted and known and actually their career is being a mother fantastic absolutely if someone's healing and they actually don't ever want to date again but if it happens that's great fantastic Mm. and the same for guys you know there's so much pressure from from all sorts of of avenues so I think it's um like yeah it's a cool it's a cool I'm glad that you've got that for you I'm glad that you've got that thank you and don't get me wrong I think people who make relationship work like relationships work I I'm amazed I I think it's beautiful when people (laughs) fall in love and get married like honestly I'm not one of those people that's going to sit in the corner of your wedding like eating hummus (laughs) I fucking hate all of you are you being me was that hummus (laughs) Is that, is that shade? I love hummus. And Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, 
because I think when people can make it work, it's it's glorious to see. And I have loads of friends who are in successful relationships. And I was talking to my sister about this the other day. It's still a compromise. You know, I'm sort yeah. of making a compromise in, in how I'm living. And I got, I mean, I had my kids early. I'm aware that I've kind of ticked that box in a lot of ways. Mm. So there's a part of my life that is full of. Well, you your know, clock isn't ticking in the same way that mine is ticking. It's like fucking tinnitus. Yeah. 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 And I, and I feel incredibly privileged and lucky that that is the case for me. But, you know, to get to that point, I had to go through some fucking horrible shit. And Mm. I think also, I'm not saying I will never, ever, ever fall in love again. I'm just saying I'm not going to make it my life's achievement anymore because I cannot live like that. You know, it's just, I likened it to, if you just if you if you grew up thinking I've got to be an ice skater because mm. everyone was telling you and the whole of society was like ice skating is the thing you have to do you have to go out there and get your skates on and start skating and you're watching other people do it and every time you go out on the ice you just smash your knees to shit and you mm. break your skull open um but you keep putting your skates back on and you keep going back out there for a while it would be quite nice to just say you know what guys I'm not gonna ice skate anymore for a bit or get some new, get some new skates get or a better helmet skates. prepare yourself go, for the rink go to the swimming pool next door and do a few drown. laps in that for- <laughs> drown just drown um no so at the moment what I'm I'm doing is I'm enjoying being a liberated woman of 37 years old and so let's take you back to either forward or backwards to Mm -hmm. a time where you are banging to dating again Mm -hmm. right what is your best first date scenario so I am gonna I think your mum said something quite similar to this so sorry to your mum for kind of stealing her first date she'll fucking love it don't worry (laughs) I fucking love your mum by the way she's a legend yeah she's Um, great So I like a date that starts in the afternoon, especially now that I don't drink Mm -hmm. anymore and I'm not fucking half cut by 12.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, So I like a date that starts at around sort of 3 p.m. in a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not really fussy about coffee. I will go to a (laughs) Starbucks. I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, But I do like a a fancy coffee that costs about four or five quid. Sure. Um. So start in a coffee shop and then maybe a little walk in the sunshine, get out in some nature, because I mm-hmm. think being outside is really good for, it's good for you generally. And also walking and talking. Yeah. I think there's, a, there's something quite nice and natural and organic about that and how it kind of brings conversation out of people because you can talk mm. about what you're seeing and stuff. And Yes, but I always worry about my profile when I'm walking next to someone. <laughs> Like, I'd prefer, I just know I look better from the forward facing angle. So at this point, I'd like to sit opposite you. <laughs> Stupid thing I've ever heard. No, I'm joking. No, I think, you're right, it is. I mean, look at my profile. Jesus, look at this nose. I've started getting the uh, the Lawrence, uh, what's this called? Not Wattle? jowls. Wattle, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's like what... Co- co- cockerels have yeah the wobbly bit I've got that <laughs> well I can't see it so I'm sure if that's because we I'm walking... sat facing you <laughs> I know what I'm doing <laughs> this is all very well thought out so if you were to walk you just have to walk facing each other sideways like yeah because then they then they'd think I was super cool and sexy crab walking around a park <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, start off with a little walk and a coffee. And then on to say like an art gallery or something, I am mm. going to go there. I'm going to be that that wanker. I just love walking around galleries, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, po- like post or pre-COVID times when it when it's back to normal and we can go to galleries again. Um, yeah, and then get some food. Yeah. Love, love food on a date. I don't mm. really, I, I can understand why people don't like food on a date because it can be quite intimate and like you know getting to know someone definitely two camps people either fucking Mm. love it or they hate it I think it's quite it's quite good for me because as soon as I'm sat in front of somebody and they're ordering and I'm ordering and we're kind of like in that environment I can really judge them out as a person (laughs) I can I can really start picking picking their personality apart whether they order certain things or not. Like, oh, we didn't didn't go very spicy on that one. I think there's something quite sexy though for me personally about someone just devouring food. Like not being mm. gross with it, but like being mm. passionate about eating. I'm like, oh, you're passionate about eating that, are you? Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder if you're passionate mm-hmm. about eating that. Finger guns. Um, I love it as well when you're in a in a sort of eating scenario with somebody like a bar or a restaurant, and you've clearly not ordered enough food and then they're just like should we get something should we get something else should mm. we get that one again mm. oh that turns me on man it's so it's there's something authoritative about it where they're just like I know I want more and I'm gonna take it <laughs> I love the fucking the levels that, uh, that we put into these nuances and they're just probably like still a bit peckish and I'm like no what that says about them is that they're a go-getter that they are really assertive and it's not about the fries it's not about the fries goodness me no 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 he's, he knows what he's doing he knows what he wants he goes out there and takes it yeah um, if he has that side of coleslaw he's good at giving head that's what this situation <laughs> means and if he doesn't order it I'm never seeing them again I've been people for less um so yeah and then finishing with some food that would be an ideal mwah, chef's kiss date for me um so yeah nice what's the best first date you've ever been on was it that situation with someone no <laughs> so, okay and therein lies a tale so i need the, to buckle up i feel like i might need buckle to buckle the fuck up for this okay. one no, um, so the best first date i've ever been on is is an interesting one because I've actually never really been on many first dates. I've been on a few, um, a couple of like coffee shop sort of vibes. Um, but this was not really a date. So, uh, I had met a a man, a boy, actually, should I say he was 29. I was going to say legally. (laughs) (laughs) He was 12. Wasn't just hanging around a park. (laughs) Did this, did this take, uh, take place in the, on the monkey bars? I love the predator. No, I'd met this boy in uh, in an AA meeting. So, oh, that's always a great start. Straight off the bat. Oh God. Straight off the bat. Much and made in heaven. So it's just going to be red flag after red flag yeah. here. By the yeah. way. So he, we'd been texting. We'd become like sort of flirty friends over texts and hanging out a few times. And uh, he'd said to me that he'd been, you know, he'd been wanting to hang out with me more. Um, hang out the like, back of you. Yeah. Well, exactly. That was common. So he said, was I free? And I wasn't free for quite a while. So I was working at the time. Um, So I invited him over to my work. And the place that I happened to be working in at the time was an abandoned theatre that may or may not have been haunted. Was your job a real job? 
Or had you just decided that you're going to sit in an empty theatre <laughs> with ghosts for company? Honestly, girls, sometimes it felt that way. I just used to hang out and just like doss about and listen to music really loudly. And I'm really busy. I can't see you for a week. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I couldn't possibly. No, we did weddings and stuff in the sort of... So you didn't invite him to a wedding for the first day? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean... I might as well have done. We were that intense with each mm. other. But um, no, I invited him over for a little bit of a after hours tour of the abandoned theatre. And, um, yeah. you know, you, it was perfect, except for the fact that it obviously wasn't in a lot of ways. He turned up in his dad's Jag S-type. So instant oh, like, red flag there. Yeah. And it's your dad's as well. What are you up to? But were um, you like, oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of was. It, it did it. It did it for me. Yeah. And then um, I made him sign this like fake waiver to say that if anything bad happened to him on the tour, that he wasn't going to hold us responsible. Because I just thought it was a nice touch. Oh my god, um, I did that with a guy once, but we signed a waiver that we wouldn't fall in love with each other. Oh no. And then we fell in love. And oh. yeah, and then we fell in love with each other. And then it was just three years of me not saying how I felt, him not saying how he felt. And it was painful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, so we went on this tour and, you know, you couldn't, it was like something out of a film. We both had a flashlight each and it was just spooky enough and the moon was out. So you could sort of see through the, you know, it's coming through the windows and the top. And, you know, at one point he jumped out from behind a door at me and frightened me. And I'm all like, oh, you know, and we're running up and down the stairs of this, of this fucking theatre. And then um, I took him onto the roof yeah. of the theatre yeah. um, and I timed it perfectly so that, you know, all the lights would be out and, you know, like all the stars were in the sky and and we could see the whole of the Edinburgh skyline. That's where I live, Edinburgh. And, um, and I said, one day this will all not be ours, which mm. I thought was a great line. Mm. Um, and then uh, and then he kissed me. Um, and then I went back to his mum and dad's house where he was <laughs> dog sitting in, in, in the Jaguar and uh, spent like three hours telling him I wasn't going to fuck him. And then I fucked him. <laughs> that old chestnut. <laughs> that old chestnut. And it was very quote unquote romantic. And I was completely swept away by the whole thing. And uh, three months later, he'd stolen 250 pounds of my money and left me with a snake, a live snake in my apartment. I couldn't make it up. Oh, and God. And that's what you get for ignoring red flags. Well, okay. So that leads me on to what's the worst date you've ever been on? Same. If that's the best. Same one. <laughs> no. Oh God, the worst date. I don't. I mean, I've... you you went on a date that I'm aware of that was pretty. Oh shit! Yeah. Bad. Oh, no, pretty, my God. Okay. Yeah. No. Right. Well, I'm gonna have to out myself a bit here. So, if any of my family are listening to this, I <laughs> I'm sorry in advance. I would say this... don't send this to your family if I were you. I probably won't, to be honest. I won't point them in the direction of it because then they'll just know too much about me and they'll be like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My sister is a hoe. Um, <laughs> so I went on this date when we were in lockdown and it was when restrictions had eased a little it wasn't, bit. It wasn't like OG lockdown. It was like mm. after, it was when it, it was when the world could do shit. 
Yes, we were allowed to go out and see people and do things. So I'd gone on um, Hinge, the uh, the trendy dating mm. app, which is just as bad as the rest of them, as you've discussed previously on this podcast. Um, but I'm yet to find out myself, really. I like. Am I, am I said, curious? Yes, I'm curious. I, I liked what you said about it being too much admin because it really mm. is a lot of yeah. work, and it. I does... gave up. I was also super paranoid that like everyone on Facebook would know. <laughs> Because it's so linked into your Facebook pals, isn't it? And it's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't have Facebook anymore, really. So I don't think... Because you're too cool. I'm not cool. I was just on Tumblr I... before we were speaking. I oh, yeah, Tumblr. I forgot you had Tumblr. <laughs> Bebo. I, love... I fucking love Tumblr. I Ella was on here, uh, MSN messaging me before we go, came on to do the podcast. Sharp. I was on MySpace. What are you talking about? Soz, yeah. Um, so... I was on Hinge and I matched with a guy and he was hot and I thought yeah yeah I'll go I'll go get a bit of that um it's been a while it's locked down um and he wasn't like in London terms he wasn't very far away I was staying with my mum for for like the six months of lockdown so in London terms it was like North London to South London Mm. like but if you put that in Edinburgh to like anywhere terms it would be like from here to Glasgow or even further actually maybe a little bit further so it wasn't until I started the journey that I realized how fucking far it actually was and then I realized when I got off the train in where was it I can't even remember it was somewhere south of the river I got got off the train and I realized I hadn't told anyone where I was going Mm. and like so because I didn't Mm. I couldn't really tell my family what I was doing because I was like kind of breaking the rules and my mum wouldn't have loved it so I texted my friend and like pinged her like a map of like a pin in the map of where I was. Anyway, long story short, I got to his flat. He'd paid for an Uber for me from the train station to his house, which took another further like 20 minutes by this point. Oh, you are just, out in the sticks. I was somewhere. I have ne- I want to say like Sloud, but it wasn't Sloud because that's really <laughs> outside London, isn't it? No, please let's say Sloud because that's fucking yeah, hilarious. Fuck I went to Sloud. So- <laughs> I got to the front door of his apartment or his flats or whatever, and he was stood there and he just was not the man from his profile picture. That you was... just can't, like... I know. And the thing is, I'm very self-aware now and I can say within 10 seconds of meeting somebody whether I, I want to bang them or not. Oh, I and think it... anyone can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, but in the past, I would have been too drunk or too high to care and I would have just... Well, I think before, anyway. we, we, we have those senses, we know them, we just choose to ignore them. Mm, exactly um but I I did I just went into his house which I should not have done and he just he was very strange and he instantly started apologizing for how skinny he was like which wasn't even a thing that I like was concerned about because I don't really care about body type I care more about personality and you know money dick Um, Size of your dick, um, or vagina, you know, or vagina, yeah, yeah. I, really, I care, it. Ella cares about the size of your vagina, ladies. <laughs> it's gotta be huge. Um, <laughs> and so he then got he proceeded to get out a set of like barbells, <laughs> you know, and it's on one of the hottest days of the summer, you know, in London. All of the windows in his flat are shut, and I'm now sweating bullets, like, oh. and also sweating because I'm so uncomfortable. And I'm sat on his pleather sofa, like <laughs> sliding off the sofa, like this, trying to keep my balance while he like strenuously lifts 
spa bells in front of me and I just realized like there is no way I'm gonna bang this dude I just can't I can't <laughs> bring myself to and I kind of I, I knew I had to get out and I didn't know how to do it so I just I brought all these snacks because we were going to watch a film <laughs> and I'd already opened the peanut M&Ms and I was sort of sitting there good choice them. thank you excellent snack choice sitting there eating them watching him like <laughs> I was in a David Lynch film or something and I just I just gathered my stuff up put, put them all back in my bag took my snacks and said I, I think I'm I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to leave. And he was like, "Oh, what's what's the problem?" And then he and then he kissed me. Mm. He sort of kissed, he fully kissed me, and I was like instant recoil, like you know that physical feeling. Well, yeah, he he kissed you, like yeah. he aggressively planted one on you. Yeah, he was kissing at me, um, and I kind of got myself out of that and was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just it's me." And of course because I had to put my safety first yeah I ended up apologizing stroke the more. ego keep yourself the safe and the man had some like weights on the floor he could have you know clocked yeah. me right in the head if he'd wanted and you've got peanut M&Ms that need eating <laughs> exactly I ain't got time for this shit so I just gathered up my stuff and like boosted out of there and ran down the high street like they must have I mean if anyone had seen me like <laughs> M&Ms flying out of my bag popcorn and Sweating. um yeah, sweating profusely and looking very dishevelled. But I remember phoning my best friend and telling her what had happened. Um, I, I'd basically been in this flat at this point, maybe 15 minutes in total. Yeah. And she was like, that was quick. And I said, yeah, you know, and explain the situation. Mm. And I just remember feeling this overwhelming sense of pride, actually, in myself for getting myself out of there. I remember when you told me, I felt that for you exactly because I know your history as you know mine and there that that before would have lasted a couple of months and led to some really awful things but wasn't he a fucking cunt to you after that mm. didn't he Wait. have audacity the man's had audacity he found me on social media, he found, I deleted, I blocked and deleted him off the app. I blocked and deleted him on WhatsApp as well. And mm. he somehow found my Facebook, which I never use, sent me a message, like a messenger mm. saying like, oh, come all the way to fucking Slough and leave <laughs> off the one kiss, you fucking weirdo. People like you shouldn't be on this app. And Sorry, I wasn't laughing at him saying no. I was laughing at the fact that you were sticking to Slough. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get out of my head now. Um, no offence to anyone who's listening from Slough. I'm oh, I just sure think of the office and laugh. Lovely, I know. Um, so if you picture Gareth from the office, um, and he was just, he was so rude to me. And the the instant reaction I had was, I'm going to fucking tell him, like, you know, people mm. like you are why women carry rape kits and, you know, like mm. pepper spray and stuff. But I just thought, you know what, why exacerbate the situation it's his ego that's talking right now. It's his fragile, yeah. you know, toxic masculinity that's been damaged here. And I've gotten out scot-free. So, mm. well, relatively scot-free. Made for a good story, though. What a fucking arse. Yeah, he was an arsehole. Lessons, though, isn't it? Lessons. Huge lessons. And I would just like to say that we, we don't condone breaking lockdown rules for... <sighs> good dick bad dick anything in between no. but I'm just glad that you're safe and you. I think you and I both have this quite um fucking hippy dippy attitude towards these things like I had an incident with someone recently and I was just like this was a lesson not to repeat past behaviors mm. and I didn't and that's great 
and it, mm-hmm. it, that's sometimes all these people come into our lives for isn't it it's like it's a test to see how we deal with the situation and you did it well but what would be your worst dating scenario obviously let's that's um, that's a no we don't want that again but yeah that if, again. if I were to say Ella I know this really cool girl you'd get on really really well with her I'm gonna set up a date for you guys right what are the things to avoid setting you two up with so organized fun oh my god same with an enforced competitive element for King, same here, Ella. Oh my God. So we're talking mini golf. We're talking laser quest. We're talking even rock climbing. No. You know, like anything where I'm put in a position because I'm actually fiercely fucking competitive inside. But Mm. when it comes out, it's like a like vomit. I can feel it coming up and I'm like, oh, push it down, push it down. But also if I don't win, I get really butthurt about it. And that is not a good vibe to be on a first date. And there's a cringe factor as well. (gasps) I find it so cringy. And also, I don't know if this is the same with me and you, but it's that like, I don't, when you're not popular at school, Mm. you don't thrive in the sports community. Like I did no want to partake in any sports day. I remember for like two two years in a row, me and my friend just got loads of chocolate and hid behind this tree every time there was like sports day stuff on. But I just... I, I, I get embarrassed. I don't want to look like an idiot. I'm also really clumsy. Like I remember going to this thing at school and it, it was like an activity weekend and I went over the handlebars of the quad bike, landed on my ankle. I ended up with these crutches that are about six foot I am Jesus. not six foot. I ended up pissing myself because I couldn't get to the toilet in time. Then being told off because I hadn't got there by the time that I should have got there. And it was just... Yeah, so I no get that shit out of my face. I do. Honestly. The guy that I was just talking to, he was like, "What about an archery lesson for a first date?" I was like, "Go away, go away." Unless you are Cupid with his bow and arrow, <laughs> I don't want one anywhere near me. Thank you very much. It's just, it's just something I see as the premise of somebody who hasn't got a personality enough to, with you know, uphold yes. a full date on their own without this prop of like hey do you want to go bowling hey do you want to go like oh now bowling I'm on the fence with I think bowling could be quite fun quite cute but I think it's because you can sit and talk like if you're Mm. doing the other stuff I feel like I've spoken about before going to the cinema I'm like you're going to cinema to sit in silence like Mm. if the activities are I'm in a (laughs) go-kart you're in a go-kart we're doing laps around a track I've no interaction with you no all I can see is whether or not you're good at being in a go-kart and I feel angry because I'm probably not as good. As also, I'm are. just not impressed because I'm not 14 years of age. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's just, it's never been my forte. Like you say, I'm not sporty. I'm not super sporty. I'm quite athletic as in I like running and I like weightlifting, but mm. then I would never want a first date at the gym or something, you know, like that competitive element. It Who has a first date at the gym? Oh, bitch, believe me, my friends have had first dates at the gym. Why? Mm-hmm. Lifting dates, they're called. Sorry, what? Lifting dates. Fuck Awful, off. I know. Why? Because some people are like into that whole bro thing and like, don't get me wrong, I really like weightlifting on my own. I think it's amazing. It's great for your physique. It's great for your mental health. But like, 
why would I want to see you like squat thrust? <laughs> like maybe that's what that guy thought he was doing with me at his house. Maybe. <laughs> he just suddenly cut out the barbells. But no, yeah, it's a thing. And then you go have protein shakes afterwards. Oh, good God. <laughs> no. I, couldn't, I couldn't actually think of anything worse. I mm. could not think of anything worse. For real. So yeah, anything like that, I just wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't be be the one for me. I can go to the cinema, but I think that's more of a like third or a fourth. Yeah, day. I have no problem yeah. with it if you've had a convo first. It's mm. the people that meet up awkwardly at the cinema and then go into a film and then say goodnight afterwards. I'm just yeah. like, what the fuck was the fucking fucking up fucking fucking point of that fucking thing? <laughs> True. Not that I'm passionate about it or anything. I mean, you know. So Ella, who's your celebrity crush? This is a great question. And um, so anyone thank you. Who, thank you very just, much. It's it's my favorite question probably of the whole podcast. And I've been prepping for it for a while because um, my kids think they laugh at me because they think I fancy everybody. They generally think I, <laughs> everyone who ever comes on television or I see on Instagram, I'm like, oh, he's fit. Ooh, is that, she's yeah, I was going to say, is that because you do? I think I do. I genuinely yeah. do think I fancy pretty much everyone under the sun. No, that's not true. But um, they they do laugh at me quite a lot. And uh, so much so that I couldn't think of one person. So I've made a list. Oh, Ella. On my phone. So adorable. <laughs> so <clears throat> are you ready? Yeah. Here goes. Uh, Prince. Yeah. 1997, Bruce Willis. 1995, <laughs> Angelina Jolie. Idris Elba, Tom Hardy, The Witcher, not Henry Cavill, in brackets, Jermaine Clement, Taika Waititi, Jake Johnson, Michael B. Jordan, James A. Caster, Timothy Oliphant, Donald Glover, the musician Hosier, Mm -hmm. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Gillian Gillian? Gillian Anderson, (laughs) today, um, Jeff Goldblum at any age yeah. and Stevie Nicks also at any age. I'm disappointed because I don't think that was in alphabetical order, Ella. It wasn't, <laughs> no. It was actually in first order. No, it was in order oh. of like who I saw on a given day and then I just went into my notes function on my phone and wrote them down. And uh, That's amazing. I've had to take someone off there recently who's... Who will not well, we we both know who that is, yeah. and you've talked about him already, so we're not going to, you know, dig not going to give him any more space. Mm-mm. Um, okay, I love those. Okay, so you've got oh. to pick a top three. Oh God! Well, you see, this is the thing. If someone ever asks me what's your type, like this proves I don't mm. have a type. I'm all over the fucking shop. And you also said to me that like James Acaster isn't alpha enough for you, which is I I completely yeah. appreciate in a lot of ways. Um, and I do like kind of an alpha. I certainly like an alpha woman. That's why Gillian Anderson's on there. I've bar. never I've only dated one alpha, I'd say ever. So like a serious date. What makes a true alpha? That's a completely different podcast oh god that's so hard so but my alpha was like a geek but then mm. on the sly works out every day so takes his top off and you're like where the fuck did that come from mm. like the best kisser in the world and mm. it just it has like a different side to so that like quiet energy mm. quietly confident 
kind of it's like guys with big dicks there's something there you know there's a confidence you don't know where it comes from and then they take yeah. their boxes off and you're like oh that's why you've got that going on about you that's why the big dick energy um you see i think that's a true alpha the quiet confidence yeah. of someone who is just very assured of themselves and it's not the it's not what we were talking about earlier that kind of like mad chaotic narcissistic sociopathic no, 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 no. energy that's like like a whirlwind kind of drawing mm. you in it's just this very calm hmm I know what I'm about and what I'm yeah, about because it's not it. even the physical because I know lots of kind of guys who are very physically alpha looking but are yeah. really <gasps> have you seen the new there's two new episodes of um first dates have you seen them yes fish and rice cake fish and rice cake <laughs> I was on the floor. I was like crying with laughter Bless when he actually started talking about that. And but he he's so sweet. He's the perfect example of someone you would look at and think you're an alpha, but absolute beta. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I have friends, like some of my male friends are like physically very alpha, but like inside they're quite shy, unassuming mm. types. Mm. And I like them more because of that, you yeah. know. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Top three. Top three. If I, I think, had to, I think Gillian has got to be in there because she's just like your classic forever. And this is when I know that I'm fucking boringly heterosexual because I don't fancy her, and mm. everyone fancies Gillian Anderson. Mm. I mean, that woman can wear the hell out of a suit. I mean, Jesus she just looks Christ. great all the time. She's classy. She is she's the epitome of classy. As fuck. She's got big dick energy. She's mm. got something just like very calmly, quietly assured, but you know that like she would just dominate the fuck out of you in the bedroom as well. So mm. yeah, let's put Gillian on there. Um, it has to be Prince. Yeah, um, that's my second know. one. Well, we have a shared. <gasps> that man, fuck me. Oh, oh my God. He's just... Oh. So my youngest and I watched Purple Rain for the first time. Oh my God, it's ago. hilarious. So bad, <laughs> so good. We do not condone the scene in which Prince hits his girlfriend for buying him a guitar. I just want to say that straight off the bat. I actually had to pause the film and turn to my nine-year-old and Sorry, say, right... Even the, even the through line of what you said is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I pause the film and say, Charlie Bear... That's my youngest. Charlie Bear, something's about to happen and it's not cool. And this is why it's not cool. And we talked about it. And then we went back to watching the film and it happened. And Charlie looked at me and just went, oh. <laughs> like I that. just love though. Like, I, I wish you hadn't said anything because I also know you got him a guitar for Christmas. I would have just loved it if he'd have just done like <laughs> copycat prints and you'd passed him a guitar for Christmas. He's whacked you around the face the with face. it. Um, but yeah, Purple Rain Prince is just the ultimate sex god. Like physically, you know, emotionally, spiritually, I just want that man all up on top of me. You know, I just... Well, it has to be spiritually these days, but yeah. Well, it would <laughs> from beyond the grave. But also the talent. Oh my God, could you imagine Prince as an incubus? Oh my Lord. <laughs> oh, I want to go to sleep now. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Amazing. 
Um, and it's the talent as well as the looks, you know, oh, that man gotcha. just could play the fuck out of a guitar. He could play every instrument yeah. on his albums. Like he yeah. was just sick. Yeah. And um, so as soon as we finished watching Purple Rain, my youngest wanted to watch it again and is now like a huge Prince fan as well. So I've got one in the James A. Caster corner, one in the Prince corner. Love it. Love it. Um, and I think my final choice. Oh, I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm going to say Idris. Mm. Just that man. I mean, that man is the epitome of a fucking alpha. Yeah, he could get it all day. He makes every me day. go red, like the the thought of him. Like he's like, <laughs> he he's genuinely. If you were in his presence and he even like talked to you with that voice that he has, and like yeah. you know, he's tall and he's broad, and he would loom over you, and you just turn to butter. You know, I think he would have. I call it. I call people. I've always wanted a guy who is the hand on the small of the back, Ooh. who is just there. You're telling a funny story. He's got that that just that internal smile. He's mm. your support. He stood there with your friends. He's got his hand on the small of your back, mm. and he's just there for you. You know, he he's the kind of person that makes me want to fuck over everything that we were talking about at the beginning and just get married to Idris Elba. Just want to get married to you. I want to be your wifey. I want to have your babies because yeah. I know that your energy would make that all a very enjoyable like, experience legit. if if idris is listening right now i roll back i'm on sure everything he is i said yeah he is and i i take back everything i said previously yeah. about being happy on my own please come mm-hmm. to my house right now and just take me um so yeah that's my that's my top three it's a very strong top three thanks i man. like it so you know what you like in other people what do you like in yourself what's your best feature crinkling your nose about me oh man I think I'm um okay so I think I'm a pretty good listener mm-hmm. which is something I'm kind of I've been working on for a long time and before I got into recovery I could barely sit still and listen to somebody else mm. talk and now I'm training to be a psychotherapist which is kind of quite a huge about yeah really um so I like that I would say my friend's my friends would say I'm good at listening and being, you know, empathetic and offering advice when it's asked for. So that would be nice. probably a quality of mine that um, I'm I'm a huge empath and that yeah. comes with its own issues. But um, I think I'm I think I'm quite funny. Yeah, we have a we, we have a giggle. Yeah, I don't think we'd be friends if if. Well, we met. We're we're a proper like modern love story. Mm. We met on the fucking Instagram, the Instagram on my (laughs) seventy-five. We met on the Instagram, and the reason that we met on the Instagram was because I remember seeing you via somebody else I followed, either tagged you or mentioned you in a comment, and then I went onto your page, and being a weirdo that I am I was like I'm gonna make her my friend (laughs) (laughs) I never knew that yeah yeah I was totally like this this bitch is cool man I'm gonna make her my friend so I like followed you and then just relentlessly talked to you until you became my friend (laughs) and then we met up in London yeah and we've actually only ever met up once in person oh you're another one that's blown my mind do you remember we ate a strawberry salad and pasta It was so good. Yeah. Oh my God. We, yeah, we went to that um, really awesome meeting together. And it was so, yeah. it was just a really nice, like, I think our friendship has become this weird mix of like organic, but on the 
on the socials you know yeah like the way modern like you say the modern love story is that you can be so because I feel so close to you and I feel like I've known you for fucking years well we talk we talk a lot and we have we good long conversations on the phone and we are emotionally invested in one another mm. and we're both striving for very similar things and it's um it's really lovely yeah it's really lovely what would yeah. you say your best physical feature is I think I got a great ass amen amen um yeah uh I really like my feet as well I've always thought if I wanted to I could do foot porn nice. that could be like a, a nice little money side spinner. hustle yeah but the admin Jesus Christ yeah fair it's a lot of stuff go- I mean only fans more power to you if you do it because I could not be bothered with the admin <laughs> Um, why, haven't, why haven't you got an OnlyFans? Because I'm lazy as fuck. Because I'm lazy as fuck and I don't want to have to do that and take 80,000 pictures of my feet on a daily basis. Um, so my feet, my booty and... Oh, I really like my eyes, actually. They're I love this. Green. You've got top to toe. Mm. You've got yeah, top, middle, actually, bottom. Yeah. I love that. That's great. And th- I will say this is after years and I mean actually decades of relentlessly hating my body and everything about my physical Mm. appearance and I've actually got a sort of form of um like body dysmorphia to do specifically with my face Mm. and it's related to the fact that I was bullied relentlessly when I was Mm. growing up about what I looked like and told that I was ugly by all the girls Mm. in my school and I'm not trying to throw a pity party here that was no I had the same I was called fat from age I like I look back on bitch and like boys just learned a new word that was fat yeah. you, you weren't fat no, <laughs> like, not even remotely and you know we're both very attractive young women and it's taken me a very long time to be able to say that out loud about myself without then going <clears throat> do you have any like I know it's I know it can't necessarily be distilled into one sentence because it's years of work but is there anything that really any moments that really stuck out for you that you could maybe share if people are struggling with that that helped mm. you to kind of get to where you are now therapy yeah yeah I went to therapy specifically for my eating disorder um which helped kind of crack open the shame around it Mm. and really got me to deal with some of the stuff that was under the surface of the the sort of hard shell that I'd built up using it as a coping mechanism for so many years Mm. um and then weirdly enough over lockdown because this isn't a you know I think eating disorders are so relentless because it's not like drugs and alcohol where I can abstain from those forever Mm. and therefore I will never set off that phenomena of craving and the and the physical triggers that will go on inside my body when I drink and use drugs but with food I have to eat every day yeah it's abstaining from the behaviors rather than the behaviors isn't it so a combination of therapy and over lockdown learning how to allow myself food in a way that was like I was explaining it to my friend the other day it was almost like an abundance mentality again this idea of scarcity as soon Mm. as I get myself in a mindset where I can't have anything I want everything and when I think of things like I can have anything I want Mm. and I can eat whatever I want you know that as long as it doesn't Mm. harm my body I tend to just want to eat well and eat nice things and make my body feel nice. It's a choice, isn't it? They often say that the re- restriction is at the core of eating disorders mm. in whatever guise that is. But yeah. yeah. And also yeah. just the payoff of being at a healthy weight now is that I am so, my cognitive function has improved so much mm. that I'm now very present with my children 
Whereas before I would always be half out the kind of, you know, my headspace would just be half in, uh, well, I was malnourished. So I wasn't mm. present. I wasn't thinking and I wasn't really in the moment with them. And now the the ability to be so present and, and have so much energy yeah. to like do things with them and not feel like I'm on my last fucking, like I'm on my uppers here, kind mm. of really trying to scrape through the day. That in and of itself has encouraged me to just be like, you know what? It's all good. And actually now my butt looks even better than it did before. Hey, so. Yes. Oh, that's gorgeous. Go. And it's so lovely to see because in the few years that we've known each other, I've seen you just grow exponentially in that. Oh. So that's beautiful. Thank you. What is your biggest turn off in a potential mate? I don't like, <sighs> what don't I like? I think somebody said anger and I would go, yeah, yeah, definitely anger and not being able to deal with your anger issues is a huge yeah, thing for me. That's it. Anything. Yeah. Sophie said anger and it, and it is that thing. Anger. It's about, it's, it's be angry. Anger is a healthy thing to be, mm, but it's mm-hmm. where's your anger coming from? Why are you dealing with things in that yeah. manner? Yeah. Um, I've been in sort of situations with abusive people in the past where it has you know, violence has, has come into play and it's just something that I will not allow around my energy anymore. Yeah. Like as soon as I see somebody start to take, I mean, there's nothing worse than someone punching a door or a wall or getting angry and like saying like, oh, you made me do it. Look what you made me do. And like, you know, mm. roughing up the place and taking it out on the furniture. Um, or you. Or me or, you know, somebody else who I love for that matter. So so anger, violence. Oh, and hygiene. Like, please just wash. For fuck's sake, just wash. The amount of people who, and I will say it, about boys who just don't know how to give their fucking balls a good wash. Like, Jesus. Just get the Lynx Africa out, guys. Just, just it give out. it a spritz. It's, it's for the good of everybody. You're going to enjoy everything a lot more about yourself and I'm certainly going to enjoy you a lot more if you're not stinking on the sofa next to me so so you're like a clean body and a clean fighter absolutely yeah what are the red flags that I need to look out for with you no I never sharp I never sharp <laughs> I talk all the time that's why I was so excited about doing this podcast because <laughs> I was like oh my god I get to talk about myself for two hours it's my time my time so I'm actually I'm also I've said I'm a really good listener, but I'm also a really good talker. Good conversationalist then. I think so, yeah. But I do sometimes get told that I need to kind of stop. I can be, I'm a, apparently I am a really- Ella, Ella, stop. Beautifully timed. Um, I'm a relentlessly chipper morning person, which- Yeah, you are. You'll send me voice notes. Well, you heard my voice note when I woke up the other morning. (laughs) And I don't know if that's a red flag, but if you're not a morning person, then you probably shouldn't, you know, want to do anything with me um, because I will be up at six o'clock. Like, come on, come on, let's make the best of the day, guys. Come on, guys. Let's Whereas I there. sent Ella a voice note that lasted about a minute and she went, my favourite thing about that is you said nothing. The whole voice note, you said nothing. <laughs> it was just blah, 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 blah. I'm so tired. I just can't open my eyes. <laughs> So but then 10 minutes later I was like all right how are we I think I need to go for a wee in the morning and then I'm all right after that that's good to know I'll I'll note that down next time I want to talk to you so you're Um, annoyingly chipper in the mornings you talk too much 
I would have said in the past, I'm a ridiculous codependent. Um, mm. And I think that was something that, again, up until my mid-30s, that was probably my biggest red flag. And I think if you spoke to any of my exes, they would say, you know... I concur. What's what's wrong with Ella? They go, she's a bit needy. Bit clingy, that one. Bit clingy, bit needy. Um, because I really fucking was. And it's something that I've worked so hard on. And part of working on that is like having to go to quite... And almost like you say, an extreme of being alone for a while and coming to a place where I had to sit on my own in the dark for quite a long time until I, I basically forced myself. I Stockholm syndrome to myself into loving myself. Love that. So I sat with myself for a year on my own until it didn't hurt anymore. Mm. You've got to get through. I think also codependency is something that comes up on here a lot, but mm. codependency can uh, look different. So, for example, I knew that I was raging codependent for a long time and I was what a lot of people would think when they hear that word, which is I was very needy. I was very clingy. I had huge addiction issues. I was scared of everything. I didn't want to. I just needed someone. I wanted them to be my everything, lift me out of it. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. What my codependency transmogrified into and the, the reason that I didn't recognize it as codependency and I think is true for a lot of people and they don't think is codependency is I was there for them no matter what they needed so I was very independent in my own life but when it came to them I felt that I had to kind of mother them and guide them through life and I felt responsible for their feelings and I recognized that they weren't willing to work on themselves so I just took on the emotional labor if you will mm. and I did everything for them and, and tried to make them okay and kind of in certain situations force them to to to, to better themselves and, mm. and all, when it just wasn't going in and and that's why I didn't recognize it immediately that it had changed into that and mm. it was still me going I don't feel enough to just sit here with you person to person. I feel like I have to be the fixer and do all these things for you. Um, and now it's like, I'm like, oh, I have those red flags to look out for as well as the other ones. Right. Okay. Mm. So they're your red flags. Mm -hmm. You're on death row. You've killed someone. Oh. Who have you killed? How have you killed them? Why have you killed them? And then what are you, uh, what are you munching on for your final meal? Okay. Um, who have I killed? I've killed the inventor of mini golf because fuck <laughs> that guy. Um, I have no regrets about it. What do we think his name is? Hector McGolferson. I think you might be right. I'm going to Google this. Okay, you Google it while I think of how I've killed him. I've killed him on one of his own mini golf courses. I was going to say, surely with a club. With a club, but I've not done the old uh, bash him on the head. I've gone full, like... Psycho, yeah, I've gone full psycho up the bum. Sorry, mum, shouldn't have said that. Um, the inventor of mini golf was Garnet Carter. That's the most American name I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. So yeah, I've killed Mr. Carter with one of his own golf clubs. I have zero regrets about it. Oh, you, you're right. This is so on your wavelength, right? He invented it <laughs> to entertain golf widows. So whilst the husbands were out playing golf, to drop my phone there, uh, they could play the, the the silly cute mini version of it. What a fucking cunt. Honestly. Say that. <laughs> so you've killed him. 
Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he's already dead, but that's fine. Um, what are you eating? Last meal, right. Um, so do I get like a starter, a main and a dessert? Or is it just like... This is death row, baby. Death row, of course baby. you do. I'm going to get fucking drunk. No, <laughs> not really. Um, now, I'd probably start with some uh, moule marinere, you know, with the old frites on the side. So mussels and fries, because I love a bit of that. And I then... once gave myself very bad burns. I never know if the first or third is the worst kind of burns, but I was drunkenly making some mussels and I steamed my hand to high diggity. That's not a sentence. <laughs> diggity. Uh, yeah. I like it. Um, and then I'm going to say pizza for Maine because I'm going to die and I'm going to go full like my favorite type of like proper Italian pizza so stone baked Mm. with all the nice toppings I actually really like a veggie pizza so we're probably just talking some like olives um some red peppers oh I hate peppers it's one of the only foods I hate roasted red peppers not down with peppers all right, you I like everything, but I do not care for peppers. Get them out of my face. <laughs> Pick a pepper over there. They are not for me. A thank you ever so. So yeah, pizza with like loads of lovely toppings and like sriracha. Well, on debatable, the side. but yeah, that's fine. My topping and then pudding's going to be a combo. It's going to be uh, carrot cake and some cheesecake because those are my two favourite types of cake. Yum uh, and yum, yum and yummer. They're the savoury cakes, aren't they? The cheese and the carrot. Delicious. You could eat it with a golf club. <laughs> I'd eat it wearing his hat. Or I'd maybe you have, you have to hat. go round an obstacle course and <laughs> things get delivered to you. Like there's a giant clown mouth that opens and then the carrot cake's delivered. Into that could you. be the way that I'm like tortured to death just yeah. on a mini golf course, like just to really stick it to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. I feel like I might already know the answer to this, but Ella, what's your funeral song? Purple Rain, mate. Yeah, of course it is. But I will say this. Um, off, that's at the end. That's Same. when I'm getting carried out. Same. On the shoulders. So and But I am making everyone sit through the entirety of the, the full seven and a half minute version of that song. Obviously. Was it eight minutes? Obviously. Um, so, you know, everyone's going to be twiddling their thumbs after a while. Obviously sobbing. I was going to say. Their <laughs> tapping their watches. Like, okay, you know. All right, we get best. it. Get out of here. But get in the I'm, ground. I'm coming in. Uh, so when I'm being carried into the crematorium, uh, it's uh, LCD sound systems, all your friends. It's all my friends, but that's fine. It's not that embarrassing for you. <laughs> that is quite embarrassing. Can we do that again? <laughs> <laughs> That was one of my funeral songs for a long time. Then I was thinking um, of having Dance Yourself Clean, but then my sister's going to have Dance Yourself Clean. Okay. And I'm like, I've already got 10 songs you can... She's going to mm. have Dance Yourself Clean. But yeah. I just think it's... Uh, All My Friends is one of those ones that, like, I have had so many moments to that song where I've been in a really dark place and it's got me through. And then I've been in a really good place and it's kind of got me through that as well if you know what I mean like it's been there at all different times of my life I remember listening to that though my mum being and just on repeat and it was when I lived with my mum and uh, she was like what is this very repetitive song that you've got (laughs) exactly what my mum said right so me and my sister were going to go see LCD at Alexandra Palace in 
2017 mm. and we were getting ready to go out and it was uh you know I was sober she was sober so it was it was feeling really good and it wasn't going to be like a disaster zone kind of evening turned out it was the best gig I've ever been to in nice. my entire life and I've been to a lot of gigs but we're in the kitchen getting ready um pre-gaming with diet coke and <laughs> we've got that song on and my mum comes in and my mum is like this very middle class very classically trained like she's in the uh choir what's that choir? the oh god what's it called the crouch end festival chorus and Cute. so she's got very sort of hoity-toity ideas about music and she came in and went ellie that is relentless it is <laughs> relentless <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is relentless and it's fucking great. Like, turned it up. So, I want a relentless song on before a very long song. Yeah. At my funeral. Ella. Yes. After our date, would you say that our platonic love will blossom into romance? Will our shared dating trauma set the scene for a one night stand? Or are you simply going to ghost me after discovering way too much information? Ooh, I'm not a ghoster. I don't ghost people. That's mean. Um, can I go for option number four? Can we be friends with benefits? No. <laughs> the amount of people that try to fucking squirm out of this one. I think the first one, the good one. Nice. I'm gonna, I am going to force you into marriage, though. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. You see, because I would it, see for all my bluster and all my kind of, you know, what no, I feel it's, about that. It's where you're at at the moment. Isn't it's it? where I'm at at the moment, but also, you know, for the right person, you know, for Idris, for you, I'm up for it. I'm up oh, for a party. I'll, I'll take that compliment. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, have you had a nice time? Oh, such a nice time, girl. I hope oh, that was good. It was lovely. Was... Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for listening, everyone. I honestly massively appreciate it. Please, if you have someone in your life that you think would enjoy dating my mates, send it over to them. We're available on Spotify, Apple and Acast. Thanks, as always, to Digit Music. I'm going to put a lovely little picture of Ella on our Dating My Mates Instagram page and you can go follow her and see how good her bum is. All right. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening again and I'll see you. Nope, you'll hear from me next week. (laughs) 